Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I can't believe we are on episode 14. This has been such an absolute joy. Today, we're going to talk about four tools that I use to improve the collaboration on IEP teams. As you know, here at Ashley Barlow Company, almost everything boils down to communicate, communicate, communicate. Now, most attorneys will say document, 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 and for the record, I also say that. But what I like to teach my students in my special education and advocacy lab, and what I always am telling my clients is that effective communication, effective advocacy boils down to objective communication. And so almost everything that I teach has this really strong undertone of communication. If you like the content of today's podcast, I encourage you to go over to my website, www.ashleybarlowco.com backslash shop and download the product that I have on effective communication strategies. In that download, you're going to get 10 effective communication strategies that will also help you to improve communication and to help your team collaborate better. I hope that product helps, and I really hope today's podcast helps as well. So today we're going to talk about four communication tools that I use in my special education practice where I work in Kentucky and Ohio to facilitate better collaboration on IEP teams. See, I always say teams are the heart of the IEP process. And IEP teams in most cases are only tasked to meet one time per year. And far too often I see that teams also only communicate one time per year. Sure, there might be progress data, but that's probably coming in one direction, from school to home. And then there's never a conversation that happens from home to school. And I think that that's a problem, friends. I think it's a problem because we really need to communicate throughout the year so that when we sit down at the IEP table, even if that happens only one time per year, we've got some of that basic groundwork done. We've got some of the basic relationship building done. We really understand where the child has been throughout the year, and then we can work really effectively and collaboratively to help to develop the IEP for the next year. And that's the task at that IEP table. So today I'm going to give you four tools. Now, the first one that we're going to talk about is something that I think I might have developed my own. I didn't read about this one, so I know I developed it on my own. Maybe other attorneys and advocates use it as well. I call it the Sunday email. And I'll tell you where the Sunday email came from. My family got a dog when my child that has Down syndrome was probably in kindergarten. 
And I thought over the weekend, you know, this is so exciting. I bet he's going to be so excited to walk into school and say, we got a dog like other kindergarten students like to do. However, when my child was at that age, his expressive language still was not developed to the point that I thought he would have the confidence to go in and tell the entire class that he had gotten a dog. And so what we did was we drew a little dog on a piece of paper and we wrote a couple of sentences that said, I got a dog over the weekend. The dog's name is Higgs. He is black and white and I took him for a walk or something like that. And so then he could go into school and he could share that experience. Well, just with that one little experience, my son's teacher developed an entire book that he could read about his dog. And it used language that he could read so that he was more motivated to actually start to read. And then I saw a couple of journal entries that were about the dog. And I saw a couple of papers that referenced the fact that he had a dog. And I thought, you know, I think we're on to something. If we start to share some of our experiences on a more regular basis, it will really help Jack's school team to support him while he's at school. Because the more that we share about his successes and his experiences and his struggles, the more that the teachers can help to support him in school. And so what I started to do was I started to take more pictures on my cell phone. Now, throughout the week, of course, I would take pictures of, you know, maybe basketball games or swim meets or those sorts of things. But I started to take pictures just of maybe a family dinner or a Sunday hike, those kinds of things. And then on Sunday nights, my calendar reminds me every single Sunday at eight o'clock that it's time to send my Sunday email. And I sit down and I send an email to Jack's entire school team. I send an email to the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, the speech therapist, the special education teacher, the relate the, the um, general education teacher, anybody else that would like to know about Jack's experiences. So then what I do is I just write a paragraph or two about what we've done throughout the week and a couple of pictures. And that way, as they support Jack in writing journal entries and completing other assignments and maybe creating materials for his specially designed instruction, they can use the pictures, they can use the stories, they can use the names, they can use Jack's experiences to make his school environment more exciting and more interesting to him. The Sunday email also sets the undertone for anything else that I want to communicate. And so if, for example, we were having um, a discussion about inclusion, I could show how inclusive our environment is outside of school. So I could show pictures of Jack playing in the neighborhood or Jack um, playing on basketball teams with his peers that don't have disabilities, and I could show how he was succeeding at that. If behavior was a topic, I could show how well Jack does, after certain behavioral strategies have been used or how behavioral strategies have helped to respond to behaviors that Jack has had in order to help him succeed in ameliorating a problem behavior. So I really can show a lot about our interests, our experiences and our family life by way of these Sunday emails. The other benefit to the Sunday emails is it opens the door for communication. 
So if I've got an issue that happens on a Wednesday, I might actually save it and wait and put it in my Sunday email because the teachers already know that they're going to get an email from me on Sunday and it makes it a little bit less awkward. It makes it a little bit more timely. I can simply say, oh, and by the way, on Wednesday, I got that progress reporting data and I'm seeing something entirely different at home. Let me describe that to you. Or I know that we had that behavior on Thursday. I think I forgot to tell you that on Wednesday night, Jack didn't sleep well. Um, and next time I'll try to tell you that particular thing. So what it does is it opens up the communication so that it's not like on Wednesday night, I get something that says, oh, he has this behavior and I respond back with a four paragraph email that is um, a little over the top. It gives me some distance from events happening and it also um, is something that teachers are probably expecting. The Sunday email has made such a change in my child's education that I now encourage all of my clients to send them for their children that are under the age of middle school. Some middle school parents have also had success in sending them maybe less frequently. And I also have some children whose parents send them even when they're in high school and the teams have all received them with a lot of enthusiasm and with thanks. I hope Sunday emails work for you. Another email that I send is the beginning of school email. Now we're gonna talk about All About Me books here in a little bit, and I actually have something on my website about All About Me books. But this isn't an All About Me book that we're talking about. It's simply an email that I like to send at the beginning of the school year that says, this is what happened over the summer. We can include information about changes of medication, changes of um, interests. We can explain any kind of experiences that children had by way of camps or vacations or play dates, new friends, new babysitters, other new people on the team. We can also change. We can also explain any changes in the child's profile. So maybe we got a new diagnosis or we added some different kind of medication or we had some kind of reaction or allergy. Those kinds of things are all extremely important to communicate to the school team. And so basically what the beginning of school email looks like is it looks like a boiled down version of every Sunday email that you probably would have sent in the summer if you were communicating with the team over the summer. So what this does is it allows school teams to hit the ground running, to get started right at the beginning of school, to not say, oh goodness, I didn't realize that you have blown through that sight word list and now we need to get the next one out. Or I didn't realize that you are now scared to death of this particular sound and so I've got to change the way that I teach this because I can't use that tool anymore. I can't use the computer program because it is extremely sensory dysregulating to you, something like that. So if we share our children's experiences throughout the summer, it really helps to kind of provide the link from the last day of school to the first day of school for the teachers. Now, if you're a teacher and you're listening to this, I think this would be good information to solicit. I think it would be extremely helpful if you would say to your families, we wanna know what happened over the summer. Do you have any medication changes, any medical changes, any therapeutic developments, any new development of strengths or weaknesses? 
Tell us about your experiences. Not just that kind of what did you do this summer, but really specific information. What that does is it helps to set the tone of anticipated communication, collaboration, that wonderful teamwork that happens on successful IEP teams. So we have the back to school email, we have the Sunday emails. I also want to talk to you about some gift giving. Now this, before you get all excited about it, is not bribery. Anytime I talk about taking food to a meeting or giving a gift to a teacher, somebody will say to me, Ashley, I am not buying my way into an IEP team. And another thing I want for you to understand before we start this conversation is that I live in Kentucky. I have Southern values. And if this does not ring true to you, then don't do it because it could feel like bribery or like some kind of um, brown nosing if it doesn't come from a true place of gratitude and from a true place of graciousness. So bear with me and let me explain what I talk about with monthly gifts. I actually recommend that if no matter who you are on the IEP team, that you send a gift to the other people on the team at least every other month, something like that, a few times per semester. Now, what do these monthly emails do? Why do I recommend this? I think that's the most important part. See, I was a teacher. I taught German before I went to law school, and I found teaching to be extremely thankless. Teachers get evaluated usually one time per year, and the evaluation is something like, you know, how are your classroom management skills? Did you teach the concept? Did you teach to the objective? That kind of thing. It's real easy to say yes, 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 and yes. So I taught in the classroom for three years, and I never got one bit of constructive criticism from an administrator. I never got one person that could say, you know, I think if you did it this way, you might have more success. Or I like how you did this, and I think you could do this to get even better. Sure, I got Christmas gifts, and I got maybe a beginning of the year Apple, and I got thank you notes at the end of the year. I did get notes of thanks. But it isn't like a corporate job where you meet with your boss maybe once a quarter or even once a month. It isn't like a corporate job where you turn in a project and then you work with a team to maybe tease out the project even further. It isn't like a corporate job where you get a raise and the raise is based on your experience or on your productivity or on your performance. In teaching, you're evaluated about one time per year. And in that evaluation, the principal goes through or the administrator that's evaluating the teacher goes through and looks at your classroom management style, whether you taught to the objective, um, those kinds of things. Most teaching evaluations are extremely positive, which leaves teachers with very, very little feedback. I felt like teaching was extremely isolating. All of those people in the school and I still felt somewhat alone. And in order to actually feel like you're making an impact, you have to get it internally, which is extremely difficult, particularly when you're young. And so what I like to do for my IEP team is I like to say, hey, I see you. I see how hard you're working. I appreciate it. 
and I want you to know that we are on the same team and I'm right here rooting for you. Now, I don't recommend that you send something really, really big or something extravagant. What I like to send is something that my son and I have worked on together. And so for Thanksgiving, we might make a turkey using different colors of construction paper and our hands cut out. And he just might write, thank you, Mrs. So-and-so from Jack. Super simple. We'll attach that to a brown paper bag. We'll make it look just like a turkey. And we might stick some nuts and an apple in it. Total cost for four or five different teachers, maybe $20. But what I've done is I've said, I see you and I appreciate you, and I'm happy we're on the same team. And I've taught my child to do that as well. I've taught my child to appreciate the time and the energy that the teachers have put into educating him. This strategy has helped immensely in so many teams that I have coached my clients and my students on. The act of expressing gratitude has really helped to turn some teams around. I like to do this usually around holidays. And so I'll do a back to school thing in September. And then in October, I might just do some Halloween candy. And in November, usually we do an apple or some kind of fall themed something. We might bake pumpkin bread. In Christmas time, I actually do like to recommend that you give some kind of small gift. And then in January, I like to do something <clears throat> that is kind of nice for the teachers to warm them up. It might be a box of tea or some homemade hot chocolate mix or even just a box of hot chocolate mix, something to kind of get them through because January is dreary and cold and gray here in the greater Cincinnati area. And it's something that really helps the teachers to, you know, kind of realize that we there's an end in sight and um, that we appreciate them even though the weather is crummy outside. And then in February, you've got Valentine's Day. In March, we have spring break here in Kentucky. And so I usually try to take advantage of some kind of spring break kind of a thing. It might even be a bottle of sunscreen, something like that. Like, go have a great time this weekend or this week. And we're excited and thankful for the time and energy and effort that you put into everything in order to educate our child. And then we continue on through the rest of the school year. I really love this idea, but again, if it does not feel intuitive to you, if it doesn't feel natural to you, skip over it. I understand. Let's move on to number four. The last thing I want to talk to you about is the All About Me book. Now I do have a freebie on my website to help you build out your All About Me book, but I absolutely recommend that you send an, I, an All About Me book not only to the people on your child's IEP team, like their um, related service professionals and the general education teacher and the special education teacher, but I also recommend that you send it to anybody else that will be interacting with the child throughout the year. So that might be cafeteria monitors, the um, special area teachers like math and, or pardon me, like gym and um, Spanish and library. I like to send the All About Me book to them because they need to know the child's profile and they need to see it in a way that makes sense and comes directly from your family. And so in the All About Me book, I like to talk about the child, the child's profile, the child's strengths and weaknesses, 
the family's values as they um, relate to the child and maybe the child's disability. I always include something about language because my child has Down syndrome and the Down syndrome community, including our family by and large, prefers person first language. And so I like to give the language to the team right off the bat. You know, we prefer a child with Down syndrome as opposed to something like a Downs child or something like that. I also explain that Down syndrome does not have the apostrophe S, so it isn't Downs syndrome, it is Down syndrome. Um, and it, I don't capitalize the S. I also explain that to the team just so that they don't get hung up or nervous about the language. I explain the other people on our team, like babysitters and grandparents and best friends and that kind of thing because that helps them to relate to my child. And then I like to provide um, information about baseline developmental skills. So what are we working on in outpatient physical therapy? What are we working on in outpatient OT and speech? We also provide lots and lots and lots of information about other things that we do, other interests. Similar to those Sunday emails, this helps the school team to make things interesting for my child when he's at school. And so if they can write a boat about a book, he's going to be more likely to read the book about a boat as opposed to a book about a cat because he isn't super motivated or interested in cats, for example. So the All About Me book can really help to start the communication off on the right foot to inform the team about the child and the child's profile and the child's interests, strengths and weaknesses. And it's another super effective communication strategy. The last thing I wanna tell you about the All About Me book is this helps to start the year off on the right foot because what it does is it says, I expect communication and I'm gonna be the first one to say, this is my child, here's an introduction. And if teachers get that kind of information from home, they are then going to expect that more communication comes and in turn, they're going to want to give communication back to the families. And similarly, if families get something from teachers saying, hey, here's a template for an All About Me book and I'd love to hear from you about your child, parents are gonna be super impressed and excited that teachers want to know that kind of information and they're in turn going to communicate more because they're going to feel more empowered to communicate on that team. So those are the four communication strategies that I like to use to really ramp up collaboration on a team. First, I like to do the Sunday emails. Then I like to do that beginning of school email. I like to do monthly gifts and the All About Me book. Friends, I hope that was super helpful to you. DM me and let me know if it helps to increase the collaboration on your IEP team. Of course, don't hesitate to send any emails. I look forward to catching up with you in next week's episode as well.